Hello, ladies and gentlemen. My name is David Michael. And I'm Michael Carter. And we are Ridiculously Bored. How's it going, Michael? As well as can be, um, I guess. I uh, agree with that sentiment. Yeah. Why don't, why don't you start the show with some family news? Okay. Unfortunately, uh, my dad finally lost his battle with Alzheimer's this past week and passed away, which is super sad, but also from a loved one's perspective, I am happy that he is no longer in pain because yeah. uh, he was suffering pretty bad. And his qual and we've, we've talked about it enough times on the podcast, but his quality of life was so miserable that it was one, just a matter of time, but two, I don't think it could have happened soon enough for his sake because he was strapped to a bed, uh, couldn't communicate, couldn't move, could hardly lift his hand, couldn't feed himself. Um, as it got closer to the end, he had a hard time swallowing. You know, his brain and his body was just shutting down and it was, it was really tough to watch, but uh, at the same time, I think it was, uh, you know, it was the best for him. Obviously, you know, it sucks for his family and it sucks for us. But for him, I think uh, he's in a much better place right now. Yeah. And so when you called me or messaged me to tell me, you know, when I reached out to you, I was, uh, I, look, I, I think, unfortunately, we both expected it. Not, I didn't, I, to be honest, not that soon, but we both expected it. But I was like, so do you want me to make you laugh or what do you want from me? Like, what, do you, what do you want me to do while we're on the phone? So, you know, we talked for a few minutes, which is pretty rare on yeah. the phone, actually. We don't do that much. Right. Um, I actually think, uh, you know, the ultimate. So your, so your parents, just a little background. Your parents got divorced, say, 15 years ago now, right? Uh, no, more closer to 25 years so, ago. Wow, I think it was like 23 years ago, yeah. So they, they got... Um, divorced when you went to college or stayed out there for college, whatever it was, which is, is pretty typical. Actually, I have a few other friends and I think that's on their agenda as well, but yeah. And you know what? Let, let me, let me make this statement right now. My, my parents had a very tumultuous relationship growing up and many of my childhood memories were scarred with the fighting, the hatred, the, all the things that they went through and you know as an adult i asked my mom like you know what why, why were you together for so long and and her response was you know we stayed together for you and i mean my immediate response to that was you shouldn't have right. because i may have had better childhood memories had i not had to go through all of that i mean you remember there were times where you and i would be sitting out in our backyard and you could hear my parents you know screaming at each other that's not fun for anybody that's not yeah. fun to grow up with so if you're a parent out there and you're waiting for your kids to go off to school to get divorced don't don't just do it just get a divorce trust me your kids will be better off for it now i didn't wait and you know i i don't think any any parents um who care about their ch children's well-being should should wait for the kids to quote unquote move out. Yeah. Well, they they always say that kids from happily divorced parents are better off than unhappily married parents. 100%. And and actually, you know, what's funny is growing up and you know, 
and sorry, hopefully you, some of you stay with us. We will start laughing and joking later on. <laughs> Probably not from David, but I mean, at some point. <laughs> I, I don't ever, I truly do not ever remember your parents going out to dinner together, right? Now, and I'm not talking about, hey, it's David's birthday. Let's all go to dinner. Right. I'm talking about, hey, it's kind of date night. We're going to go out to dinner. After they got divorced, I bumped into them two or three different times together at a restaurant, which I thought was pretty funny because <laughs> I'm like, for fucking 25 years of marriage, you never did this. And now that you're separated or divorced, you are. So yeah. um, I think, and you know, we're going to, you're going to talk a little bit, a couple fun facts about your dad. Um, and I'll talk one or two things that I remember as well, but I, I can't go without saying that whether it's. It's obviously not his plan, and you know I don't I don't really believe in God, so I don't think that factor into it either. But I do love that he died on your mom's birthday. <laughs> like that that alone was, is worth something. Right? It, it was typical of my dad to get the last word right, and that was yeah. like I think it was the final like f you to my mom. Like that's it. I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna take that day from you. <laughs> I want every birthday for you to think that that's the day I died, which is that's that's such a uh, a great great ending for for that. But yeah, but tell us a couple of things about your dad. Yeah. So as we're so you know, I mean, nobody ever talks about the things that happen that you have to do. Um, I'm the only surviving, you know, I'm his, his, his heir, his, his only surviving child. I mean, he only has one, one child that we know of. And, uh, you know, no one ever talks about the things that you have to do after someone dies. You know, what, you know, I guess this is morbid to, to, to talk about, but, you know, what to do with the body? What is the funeral services? You know, he had a, a last will, but it was really more about, like, you know, whether or not he was going to be kept alive. If, yeah, so you know, a living will, pulled. living will. Yeah, it was a living will. So, um, so I'm taking care of all that stuff. And, we're, you know, my wife was awesome and she's helped out. She wrote the obituary and stuff like that. And as we're collecting, like, just information from, like, my cousins and uncles and aunts and stuff like that, I'm finding out shit about my dad that I never knew. For example, one of my cousins, who I hadn't talked to in probably 30 years, said that her fondest memory of him was after he got back from Vietnam. He was in Vietnam for a year, year to two years. I don't remember the exact dates. When he got back, he bought a motorcycle and drove cross-country on that motorcycle. Now, I didn't even know my dad ever knew how to ride a motorcycle, <laughs> let alone owned one and drove it across country. So that for me was kind of a shock. And then we're going through, people are sending us photos and stuff like that. And I get a, uh, a photo of his high school yearbook. And it says in his, you know, uh, bio that he enjoyed rock and roll, which my dad <laughs> never listened to music. And he enjoyed hanging out at the high school football games with his friends. And my dad never watched any football. And sure, we had catches every once in a while and stuff. But football, I was very much into football as a kid. We played in high school. He was not even remotely interested in any of that. Didn't come to any of my games. So, it, I, th like, it's funny. We're just finding these things about out about him. I'm like, that's there's no way that's my dad. Yeah, that's that's good. Like, I mean, it's it's one of those things that. Well, unfortunately, the last year and a half he's been out there, you really haven't been able to get these. But even like growing up, like even with my dad, sometimes we have discussions. Nowadays, people are like, oh, this is my 10-year-old and we're best friends. Like we do everything together. Well, when we were growing up, it was like, that's my dad. That's more times than not. 
the scariest person I know, right? Like, I'm scared <laughs> that it's either going to get slapped or they're the ones who are the disciplinarians usually. So there wasn't, and it was like, I got to work to pay the bills and I got to do this. And so it wasn't like, hey, this is my dad, my friend. This is, it was my dad, right? It was a yeah. different world. And so it's good that you're starting to hear some of these stories. And, um, and it's good, to be honest, it's good that some of your family's like, remembers it and has photos because you know similar like i got a photo of my dad on somebody gave to me and i'm obviously my dad's still alive he, they sent it to me he's on like a 1930s roadster and i'm like what the fuck is this like but somebody <laughs> found it in italy and now with facebook and stuff they just post it on there so you can see those things yeah. so the one thing that stands out for me well two things that stand out for me um about your dad when growing up was one was the cream puffs right Oh yeah, that was always thing. made those. When um, I'm getting more emotional than you, <laughs> dude, come on, I'm done crying. You can't do this to me. <laughs> so it was how we used to make those all the time. So that was one, and then two, which is this is actually kind of funny. You might have to. <laughs> you might have to edit this voice. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> Staying in <laughs> was when he just started letting his hair grow really long, and it was like ridiculously long and for like no, re <laughs> no reason it wasn't like and he wouldn't even talk about it it wasn't like why are you letting your hair grow so long it was just like it was the way it was so yeah <laughs> it's one of those things so i mean the other thing funny thing about my dad is nowadays we would call it a pedo stash but my dad always had a mustache and it was a thick like uh, Burt Reynolds slash yeah it was a really thick mustache that's a good reference back. that's probably the last guy who had that him and Magnum P.I. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Sam Elliott maybe could contend with my dad's uh, mustache but that's about it but yeah he was uh, he had that, that mustache and I've, I'm looking back at all these photos and he has the mustache in it so um, the nursing home so his driver's license photo is from like I don't know 1975 right <laughs> So when he got admitted to the nursing home, like they didn't, they didn't know anything about him really. All they had was his ID, right? So um, by the time he got to the nursing home from the hospital that he was in, he had a full beard because he hadn't been shaven in a while. So the nurse was like, well, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna shave him. So she looked at his driver's license and she shaved him with that mustache. And it's actually one of the photos that I posted. He has a mustache, it, and this was probably maybe four or five months ago, maybe not even that long ago. So she didn't know, and then like I went over there, I'm like, that's hysterical. Like he hasn't had a mustache like that in 40 years. She's like, oh my god, I had no idea because the only picture I saw of him, you know, he had a mustache. So I figured I would give him a mustache. And she's like, that's the only hair I left on him. So now it's really awkward. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, there. Any other things you want to talk about that before we move on? I know it's not no, an easy transition. No, otherwise you and I are gonna cry the whole episode, and then uh, it's not gonna be funny for anybody. Yeah, well, so far it's only been one of us <laughs> though people watching can't see you wiping away the tears but you're able to to keep the voice a little bit steadier um, yeah, hopefully when i'm giving his eulogy hopefully that'll do me well oh my god yeah um yeah. so there's no easy transition so we'll just move into some of the other items did you see in the news this week that there was some drug deal or something that went down and one of the things they found was a monkey 
in a bulletproof vest wearing diapers who was also killed as part of the drug deal. <laughs> so apparently the bulletproof vest didn't work. He must have shot him where it wasn't. But I just It had to be like great. that that monkey from like the hangover or the hangover Two, the All monkey that they found in Bangkok. Yeah. But the fact of the fucking monkey wearing a bulletproof vest and a diaper is just amazing. And he still died. Yeah. <laughs> My wife and I have been out in Colorado for, for a little while and, you know, just to get away. We've been watching a lot of TV and catching up on a lot of shows. And one of the shows that we loved that, and I, I, I'm pretty sure you've at least watched the first season of this, is um, Amazon Prime's The Boys. Yeah, that show's fantastic. Yeah. Have you watched any of the latest season yet? I haven't. So I'm waiting for it to end. Um, but I did recently, about a week ago, I watched the finale of season two just to kind of refresh my memory. I heard it has been nuts. Uh, nuts is, is, is a good way to put it. <laughs> um, so, so what's the statute of limitations on me, me ruining the, one of the first scenes in the new season? Well, so here's the thing. For people listening, you have your spoiler alert. We will take 20 or 30 seconds. Dave is going to ruin this scene. I think I know what scene you're talking about because somebody else mentioned it to me. Um, so fast forward a couple seconds and, and you can come back. So what happened? <laughs> so they start off this season. And, and this is probably the tamest thing that's happened yet. Okay. Uh, there's, there's many more superheroes in this season than in the past, right? They're finding all these superheroes. And one of them is like... Uh, the boy in the boys' universe, there's a Marvel and a DC equivalent. There's a Superman. Yes. There's a Spider. There's there's everything, right? So the Ant Man equivalent is uh, is in a homosexual relationship with a guy, and apparently one of their kinks is for him to shrink down and crawl inside his penis, Oof. inside his urethra, and massage his urethra from the inside. Oh my god! So after snorting a line of coke, he does this, and he's in there. And, and I shit you not, there is a full-on close-up of a massive penis head <laughs> in this episode, right? He's in there, and while he's in there, he sneezes and accidentally goes back to full size. Oof. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So they, they, all these shows now have these warnings beforehand, right? Like, no, you can't just have a show. And it used to just be in the old days, it was like, this show has strobe lights. Now it's like, this has insensitive scenes and... This has uh, images that some people find disturbing. That's the thing in front of Obi-Wan uh, Kenobi now. They said that, I think it's the episode that drops either tomorrow or next week. There, there is like a page of warnings. It's like people who are scared of this, this, don't like this, don't want to see this. They said it's just, they said obviously they're making fun of it, but they are giving you a warning on everything. So they, they in, in the latest trailer I saw, they sum that up by saying this episode is, uh, appropriate for no one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what they said. <laughs> so. No, yeah, I can't wait for it to end. It's got another week or two left, and then I'm just going to binge it. Yeah, um, so you know, it, it's funny because my, my wife tries to be a little bit more health conscious than me, and so she uses that show. As, it's one of her shows. She has like five or six shows that she said she's made a deal with herself that she will not watch it unless she's on the treadmill. So as soon as that ends, she'll do like five days in a row on the treadmill to watch every episode. Yeah, and it's funny, she, both both of my kids are adult age now, mm -hmm. so there's no like, you know, you can watch whatever you want, I yeah. don't care. Um, that's the show where I'm like, 
you guys need to watch this, it's hysterical, don't watch it with me. Like, don't watch it at my house. Like, I don't want to be in the same room with you watching this because I don't want to have to have that weird, awkward silence scenario with your kids where something happens and you're like, oh, man. Uh, Dad, was that an exploding dick? Yes, 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 it was. <laughs> yes, it was. So the, the movie Sausage Party, yes. I, when oh. I saw, first of all, that movie is phenomenal. When I saw <laughs> that and people asked me what I thought of it, I'm like, here's the deal. I'm like, you can't watch it with your kids, clearly. I'm like, but they should not be in the house. They should not have a device that maybe they can call you while it's on. I'm like, that's how bad that fucking movie is. But it is a phenomenal movie. So, yeah. so speak, actually, speaking of our childhood, my daughter the other day saw somebody on the street in a vehicle. She was trying to describe it. She couldn't describe what the vehicle was. But in essence, it sounded like the person's feet were outside of the vehicle. <laughs> right so I, I we thought it would be i said was it a jeep with no doors or we were trying all these different things no not that not that just couldn't describe what it was so we said to her we're, we're like the feet underneath like fred flintstone and she's like i, I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> and i'm like oh yeah you know what i don't really see that on i'm like that's kind of sad so we pull up a picture and we show it to her and she's like oh that's the guy from the fruity pebble cereal yeah <laughs> so that, that's how she knows him she doesn't even know it's a fucking cartoon that was on for many years <laughs> that's awesome yeah uh post i think it is the company that, that so. puts out distributes that i don't know what they did but they did some sort of like maximum licensing deal where i mean there's fruity pebble ice cream there's fruity pebble coffee creamer we've talked about that before yep. in the show um uh, my daughter bought me a Fruity Pebble uh, chocolate bar. It was like white chocolate with actual like Fruity Pebbles in it. They have a Cocoa yeah. Pebbles chocolate bar. I like, sent you the Cocoa insane. Pebbles one. I found that one. Yeah. I sent you I couldn't find the Fruity Pebbles one. Yeah. You know what it is? Is the the So like Calvin and Hobbes, right? That guy, Bill Waterson, refuses mm -hmm. to license anything. So anything you buy with Calvin and Hobbes on it, other Isn't than a book... It? It, well, yes, that's one, <laughs> is a bootleg. It's, it, there's no legal version of Calvin and Hobbes shirts, Calvin and Hobbes calendars, nothing. So when he dies, his kids are going to be like, printing money. <laughs> they're going to fucking sell it everywhere. So that might have been what happened with like those Hanna-Barbera people. It just maybe got he so might far have removed. Some sort of, he might have some sort of weird thing in his, in his will that prevents them from doing that just very thing because he stands against it. I will tell you why I think he's a complete idiot. Uh, Kate Bush, for the entire her entire career, would not allow uh, what's called a sync on her music. She would not allow anyone to use her music for anything. Okay. Right? You have to get permission if you're going to do it legally. Uh, she would not allow it. The brothers, the Duffer brothers, who produced Stranger Things, went to her, and she's a big fan of the show. And they said, hey, we really, I know you don't typically license out your music, but we really have a good use for it. And they explained it to her. And she's a big fan of the show. And she finally said yes. All right. That show is aired. If anyone's, you know, keeping up with Stranger Things, um, her song from the 80s, Running Up That Hill, is number one on the top, the Billboard Top 50, Top 200, whatever that is. Now, and it never was, know. it never did in the and 80s. And it never was when it actually came out. Uh, and I saw an article the other day, don't know if it's true, but it said that she's averaging in royalties from streaming alone over a million dollars a day. Jesus. So Bill Watterson, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. 
See, who says you need to go to Pornhub to make a million dollars a day? You could just get in a TV show that everybody loves. There's the people who like, I want to stand on principle and I want to stand on merit and things like that. What is the song being in the video or the TV show? Why does that ruin anything, right? And as in this case, it's shown that it's fucking made it her biggest hit of her career. She's going to make money now off it that she couldn't, she never would have expected. But I don't know. People are idiots, excluding Bill Watterson. So I agree. We had a uh, partner dinner the other day. So not spouses, meaning like the partners at the firms. It was like, you know, six or seven of us at a dinner table for my group specifically. And some of the people were telling some, some stories. And two of them that are just, I thought, were really good. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share them. They're not my stories, but they're pretty good stories. And hopefully, uh, uh, hopefully they come across as funny as I think they are. So, and this is, I should add up that this is after two or three of them are on their fourth or fifth bottle of wine. <laughs> and I didn't have anything <laughs> to drink, but they did. So they, so, cause like they're sharing stuff that like you wouldn't normally share it like yeah. the, with other partners. <laughs> so they were telling a story about when we had to go to Seattle for work a couple years ago and they were out on the town, they were having fun. The weed was legal there. So they finally, they asked the bartender, they're like, Hey, do you know where we can get some weed? And she's like, yeah, go to the corner alley, turn to the left, go to the corner alley, stranger. It's right there. Uh, strangers right there. So they're like, all right, great. So they go out, go to the alley. It's like, see, ladies, like ladies walking her dog and they're like, hey, hey, you got weed? Do we get weed? <laughs> and the lady's like, uh, I'm just walking my dog. And they're like, oh, sorry, sorry. Somebody else walked by and they're like, hey, hey, you got weed? You got weed? And they're like, uh, no, like going to the grocery store. So they said they did it like the two or three people. And they're like, you know what? The fucking, the bartender's pulling our leg. She, she thought mm -hmm. she had fun. So they went back in and they're like, you know, we asked, fuck, you made us go to the corner. We were asking all these strangers for, for weed and they, none of them had it. She's like, the stranger is a Seattle newspaper that is on the corner in one of those little boxes. She's like, that is how you can pull it out. There's numbers. They'll bring you weed. So they, <laughs> they thought she meant a person instead of a newspaper. So they were asking just all of these people. Oh, so Jesus. that was one thing. Um, the other one was like, so how do you feel about being late? You personally? Um, it depends on what I'm late for. Uh, I'm typically not late. And the reason why I'm not late is because I had a traumatic childhood where my dad could never figure out how to get me to school on time. So I was late to school almost every day. And anytime I walked in the classroom, it was like a big show, you know, when I went, and not only that, my dad had this van that, um, it broke down all the time, but the engine was so loud that people in the classroom could hear us a block away. David's on the way. Like, yeah, they're like, oh, David's here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that also being late every day would not fly now, man. We got a fucking letter from my kid's school that she was absent five times this year. And we're like, okay. They're like, no, legally we have to let you know that she was out five times. And we're like, okay, we're her parent. She's fucking nine. Like, what do you think? Yeah. <laughs> she, she loaded up the car and drove to Georgia? Like, we know. But the biggest thing is like my wife... I don't like to be, my wife doesn't like to be late, but she's, she would be, right? She tends to drag her feet. And if something is 10 minutes away, she'll leave 10, exactly 10 minutes before. And I'm like, you factored in no time for anything. And I'm even talking about a fucking traffic light or getting the kids round up and get in the car. So like I always say, she doesn't like to be late, but she doesn't hate to be late. Like I hate <laughs> to be late. Right. So one of the other stories the guy was telling is we, we work with a guy who always says Coughlin time, right? Which means... Five minutes early or you're considered late, right? For the old giant coach 
who eventually ended up one of the things that got him fired because all the new young players are like, dude, you're a fucking dinosaur. But <laughs> he's always like, Coughlin time, Coughlin time. Tomorrow, 9 a.m. meeting, Coughlin time. So this guy was telling a story how they were um, at a work event. Nine o'clock, guy doesn't show up. And he's like, I've worked with him for 10 years, never been late, guy doesn't show up. No and they were fucking partying hard the night before, a lot of drinking, smoking cigars, like just the whole, the whole nine yards. And he's like, I, I, oh my God, he's got to be dead. And he was an older partner too. He's like, the motherfucker's dead. He started calling other partners in the firm and he's like, I've tried his room. I've tried his cell. He's like, I think the guy's dead. Like, what do I do? <laughs> so as he's doing some of that, the elevator finally opens. And he's like, he looks at him. He looks at, they both stare at each other. The guy who thought he was dead is now white because he's so fucking scared that he's actually like, what do I do here? This partner died on basically my watch. <laughs> the guy, the, so the other partner picks up on it pretty quickly. And he's like, did you think I was dead? <laughs> and he's like, I did. He's like, I've been calling people on the fucking East Coast. I thought you were dead. He's like, the alarm didn't go off in the hotel room. He's like, it's not my fault. And he's like, oh my god. Like, imagine that fucking being at a work event and somebody dying. So, so I have a question for you. Yes, you're going on vacation with the family. Yes, um, you're heading overseas. How the fuck do you do like a 14, 15 hour flight? Like, you can't sit still for five minutes anytime I'm with you. I'm still trying to wrap my head around you being on a plane for 14, 15 hours. So here's the thing. There's the pilots talk about there's the two dangerous times on a plane is the takeoff and landing. They say the rest is relatively cruise control. For me, the worst time on a plane is takeoff and landing because you have to be in your seat for a certain amount of time. So what... What I've done, like these long haul flights, like when we fly to Australia, it's six hours to the West Coast, five, five and a half, whatever, and then 14 hours from there. So the good thing about these long flights is you watch a movie or two, you take a nap, you eat, you eat a meal, and then unfortunately you still have like nine hours left. Yeah. <laughs> so you can sleep on a plane? Yeah, oh yeah, that's one thing thankfully I can do, but it's not a, it's not the sleep of the gods, like, you know, I'm not knocked out, but... I can at least get some sleep going. Uh, so every fucking bump on turbulence wakes my ass up. Was, I just cannot sleep. So it's it's definitely not easy, but I just I get up a lot more than needed. Like I'll just get up, stretch, walk to the back. Um, the other good thing on those long haul flights is, unlike you know flight from Vegas to Texas or something like that, you have they come by one time with the cart. If you're lucky, you get a drink. You know nowadays they started bringing back like pretzels and shit like that. On these long haul flights, they got shit in the back. So you can just go in the back, grab your own drink, grab a snack. There's there's a lot more bathrooms, so there's more room to move around. So it's it's not easy to say the least. And now we're gonna be doing so we're going away tomorrow. We're going to the Bahamas, which is a three hour flight or something. That's that's really nothing. When you've done these fourteen hour flights, like three hours is nothing. Um, but we're going to Australia next month. That is gonna be this is the first time in four years. So the the cycle that we had been in of about every 12 to 15 months we either went to hong kong to see my wife's family or to australia to see our family and our friends so i we haven't done this in four years now because of covid mm -hmm. um because the year we were supposed to go was 2020 so that wiped that out um so that's one two 
I think it's going to be easier than it's been the last couple times because the kids are a little bit older, right? So no kids, believe it or not, it's relatively easy. You you can find things to do or you sleep or you watch movies, like, but you're doing your own shit. Yeah, when you Once, have kids, you have to yeah, keep them one, entertained. Exactly. But now they're both at an age where they should be able to play on their iPad or watch something on the screen, you know, do their own right. thing. So it's going to be interesting. We haven't done it in a while, but it's um, it, it, it's it's not easy. And so, Do you remember... Back in the, you know, I guess it was like the 80s where they had those DC-10 airplanes with two levels. And like the upper level had like a bar. Yep. Like you can go, I mean, back then people were smoking too. So it was basically like a nightclub. You go up there and there's thick smoke and lighting and, and there's a bar and you can, they don't have that anymore, do they? They do on the, uh, for lack of another term, better airlines. Like... <laughs> Like Qatar Air and and I, I probably won't pronounce it right, Etihad or whatever that one is. They have like you could do a you could take a fucking shower if you're in first class. Like yeah, you could literally nice. take a shower in the air. So yeah, uh, the uh, there is still have they still have two level flights. Like the one store Australia, a lot of them are two levels. Um, but it's it's not like when they first started doing it, one level was like all first class and the rest was some first class coach and the rest. Mm-hmm. Now it's a mix of both on both floors. So. Uh, but you're not allowed up there anymore. Now, now it's like a, a ticket. Uh, can I see your ticket? Uh, no, no, no. You're you're with the chickens and donkeys in the back. Get moving. <laughs> so the other thing that's going to be a little interesting for the Australia trip next month is about a week before I have to actually go in for a second knee procedure. Oh Jesus! Yeah, the doctor needs to do what he's calling manipulation. Um, I've asked them if that includes the groin area. He pretty much clearly said no. But what they're going to do is he's basically going to knock me out and bend the knee in ways that I can't do because it hurts too much while I'm awake. So the other, just to give you an example, the, I, I, I do some of these exercises at home and look, I'm not talking about marathon exercises, but like the stretching, the bending, the lifting, things like that I do at home. But I always stop at what I'll call 35%, 40% cause it fucking hurts. Mm-hmm. When I go to physical therapy, the lady goes to like 80% and, and literally recently once I tapped out and like, cause it was just like so painful. She's like, <laughs> Oh my God, you just tapped out. And I'm like, cause other times I usually tell her like stop or too much or something like that. But it was so far painful that I couldn't say anything. And I was just like, tap, 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 tap. <laughs> so I thought that was kind of funny. So he's going to do all that shit with me out where he can just bend it as much as he wants. And, and it, I don't have the effect of feeling the pain from it. So it's going to be interesting. And that's about a week beforehand. You talked about that. So that's like, yeah, they're, uh, you're gonna, yeah. this is going to be a miserable flight for you. I'm calling it right now. Yeah. You're just going to be in pain the entire you might time. Not, you might not be wrong, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Did it, we already talked about the, the cytoscopy I had. It's, it's where they stick a camera on your penis, up your urethra, and into your uh, like bladder. No, what did you have that for, other than pleasure? <laughs> it wasn't pleasure, trust me, man. Um, I had blood in my urine. You know how you go in for an annual physical yep. and they take, you know, you pee in a cup and they, they found blood in my urine. Um, I've had it since I was a kid, right? And, I've, and when I was a kid, they did a whole bunch of like things to try and figure out what it was. And some people like you just, you just, that's just a thing, right? That's part of your anatomy. And, um, but as an adult, they're a little bit more like, oh shit, you know, you, this could be cancer. This could be that. I'm like, all right, well... Let's, you know, do, do the, do whatever analysis you need to. And they're like, well, we need to stick a camera up there. And I'm like, hold on a fucking minute here. 
Uh, am no, I going to be knocked out? And they're I like, don't no, think no, we'll just about this. I really? Yeah. Oh my god, it was the most fucking painful thing I've ever experienced in my life. So I'm sitting. So, and this is like outpatient shit, right? This isn't in a hospital with gowns and like any of that shit. This is like you walk into like a mini mall and there's an office and you walk in and there's like a doctor's like office inside, you know, this, this office area. So you walk in. You sure in, it was a legal doctor's office? Did you see any <laughs> I don't know, man. On the it was shady as fuck. <laughs> Anyways, but it was a referral from like my doctor who I trust. So, you know, we go in and... Um, it was like a medical complex, like there were multiple doctor's offices there, but it still felt like a fucking office. Anyways, we go in there and, or I go in there and they're like, all right, you know what? I'm going to, you know, give you a gown, like take your clothes off, whatever. And I'm like, well, like you're going to knock me out for this. Right. And they're like, oh no, oh no, this is, we're just going to just don't worry. You'll be fine. We'll inject you with some numbing cream or whatever. And here I'm thinking it's going to be like a needle, right? No, they take like a fucking, uh, uh, I don't even know what to call it, but they basically squirt a bunch of numbing cream in your urethra, Ugh. like it was fucking toothpaste, right? And then it's supposed to numb like the area. And then you're like, what the fuck? So that fucking hurt. I'm like, oh man, I hope this shit fucking works. You know how like when you go to the dentist and yeah. they put the Novocaine in your mouth and then they'll like walk away for like a half hour yep. and they'll come back and they'll keep checking on you. Do you feel this? Can you feel this? No. If you can feel it, they'll walk away and come back. If you can't feel it, then they're ready to drill. Um, they didn't do any of that shit. Well, I mean, it's your they, dick. They'd be like fucking masturbating you. Can you feel this? Can you feel this stroke? Can you feel this? <laughs> I didn't get that either. If you had better insurance, they might have. <laughs> so we, we go through, I'm lying on a table and this girl comes in and she literally grab, grabs my junk and squirts this like numbing lotion inside. That hurt like fuck. And she's like, sir, you need to like calm down. I'm like, fuck you, calm down. You yeah. get that shit out of my dick and I'll calm down. So she finishes what she's doing and she walks away. 30 seconds later, the camera lady comes in and, and this fucking camera is not, it, it was like maybe a little bigger than a straw in thickness. All right. And they're like, oh, don't worry. The, the male penis stretches. You know, it's like the female <laughs> vagina. I'm like, fuck that. It does. You're like, I've You're told not, that to my wife. I know you that are story. Not but putting that shit in my dick. And she's like, sir, we do this all the time. Trust me, you won't feel a thing. You'll be fine. So I'm like, all right. And then so she grabs my junk and starts shoving this in like she's fucking snake in a toilet like she's a plumber <laughs> and she's jamming it. And I'm like, holy shit, that fucking hurts. That fucking hurts. And she's like, sir, I need you to stop tensing up. I'm like, get that shit out of my yeah. dick and I'll stop yeah, tensing that, up. That, that's not going to happen. The not tensing <laughs> up is not going to happen. Oh, and she's like, sir, you're really tense. I need you to calm down. I'm like, I'm done. Like, we're fucking pull that shit out. She's like, sir, we're almost done. And they get it in there. And then she has the nerve to say, I notice your urethra is a little bit tight. If you want to, I can expand this and loosen it up a little bit. I'm like, you fucking do that. And I'm going to start kicking. Like, yeah, you, you definitely were not out. at a legal doctor's office. I'm, I'm now I'm sure. Pull that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> and, and sure as shit, they pulled it out. And as they were pulling it out, I felt every fucking inch of it. And I'm like, this is bullshit. I'm never doing that again. I told my wife, I said, you know what? If you told me I had dick cancer and the only way to survive it was for them to stick a camera up my ass, I'd say, start planning the funeral. You know what's funny is... That's one of those situations where when they come in and they kind of like lay out all the stuff in front of you, you're like, 
Well, well, hold on a second. Can the doctor run down again what is uh, the other issues if I don't do anything, right? Like, what's the things I'm really at risk for if we don't do what you're going to do right now? <laughs> How painful of a death will this be? Is it, It's going to be more painful than sticking a camera up my dick. No, that's no, not for me. Yeah, never um, doing but, that again. You know, you know what's funny is like you talk about like the nurses who come in and they're just like grabbing your dick and doing this and doing that. People in the medical field, they are so immune to that stuff, so much so that GQ's wife, ex-wife, was a nurse. And one time I was like, man, I got this fucking pain like right on the side of my thigh, like near my dick. I didn't say it like that, but I'm like, in this area. And she's like, just pull down your pants, I'll look. And I'm like, are you fucking crazy? <laughs> she's like, I see dicks all the time at work. Like, I'm a nurse. I'm like, no, not this dick. I'm like, we're not doing that. But like, it's, and, and I'm not kidding you when I say it. There was no, it was just she went into nurse mode, and there was no thought that, oh, my God, we've been friends for 20 years. Maybe I shouldn't just ask to see your dick. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah, so, it's, I, th- I think they're, they're numb to the, to the whole thing. They yeah. just this, it happens so much. All right. So, have you been paying attention to the news? Some. I, I've I you know with with my dad passing and all the shit that we've been doing, I haven't really spent a whole lot of time paying attention to it. But every once in a while, something pops up, and I'm like interested. And um, apparently, the Biden administration's working up some sort of modifications to Title Nine, which is 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 the part. Uh, that basically says that it's uh, it prohibits sex sex based discrimination. Yeah, it's what right? I what I believe gave women the right to be treated equally in sports and right, stuff like right. that. Right, right, and and I'm all for that. Right, the um, and and with you know with the whole LGBTQ plus plus thing going on, obviously those laws are outdated. Right. That stuff didn't really exist to the extent that it does today. So there's, there's sure shit needs, you know, someone needs to read over that shit and, and, and probably make some, some adjustments to it. But the funny thing is, um, one of the things that they're saying will come out of this is that in schools and in public institutions, not referring to someone by their proper pronoun um, could be considered a form of sexual assault. And you know, we've talked about assault. We've we've talked about uh, the the whole pronoun thing and how mm-hmm. you know it's 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 different for us old fogies and we're trying to get used to it and we want to do the right thing and say the right thing but we fuck it up. Um, yeah. So in in schools and institutions, uh, government run institutions, it could be considered sexual assault. And the funny thing about that is the transgender community has been trying to differentiate gender and sex biological sex right your biological sex is you're either male female or the for the 0.05 percent of the population that's intersex you're one of those three right the the transgender community has been trying to say hey like that's different from gender which is how i identify right all right so they're, they're really trying to draw that line and and say look these are two different things you know biologically yes i'm a male i'm a female however gender wise i feel differently um this law essentially says that if you refer to someone by the wrong gender, you could get in trouble for sexual assault. So they're basically cramming that shit back together again. Is that, is that, am I the only one that sees the irony in that? Yeah, everybody's now known as Hey Buddy. <laughs> hey Buddy. How you comrade. Doing? Hey, hey Comrade. Chief. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we have in my 
group, and I, I think I feel comfortable enough saying this because of my wife is Asian. We have a significant, well, first of all, we've had a significant amount of turnover in the last couple of years. And even though we have, for a public firm, a low turnover, we still have a lot of turnover. Mm -hmm. And it's only gotten worse by the great resignation that has happened. But we have gotten in a lot of Asian women. So we've gotten Filipino women and Asian women and stuff like that. And there are some people who are like, we've gotten so many in so fast and we haven't been in the office much. They're like, I have no fucking idea who's who. They're like, I'm scared to call anybody by name because I think it's the, the wrong names name. Are hard. Like, yeah, forget the, about the this. Names are hard to tell this, if it's this male or female. Sexual identity and stuff. They're just like, I'm scared yeah. to say their name because we have so many new ones that I might get it wrong. So I'm like, yeah, you just go with Buddy. Hey, Chief. Hey, good to see you. How you doing? You can get by. You don't need to fucking name names. So. Yeah, I also saw something today. The state of New York is is going through some sort of a revision to the... Oh, no, no. It was the Supreme Court said that uh, the state of New York's gun laws are... Um, no longer applicable or they basically violate the second amendment right so there are some laws that they're going to need to repeal and uh you know people in new york are kind of going nuts because apparently and and i think you know a family member of mine had to go through this in order to, to legally carry a gun in the state of new york but not only do you have to get like the, you know, you have to get the gun and the permit and all that stuff. You have to go before like either a person or a committee and justify why you want to carry a gun. Yeah, and well, right? let's just clarify a little too. There's the laws that apply to New York State, and then there's actually stricter laws for New York City. Right. So that could be triggering it as well. Well, no pun intended there, but good uses <laughs> of a word there. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the, the the Supreme Supreme Court has basically said that you know some of those laws are going to going to need to loosen up a little bit. And then if, you know the the mayor of New York and a lot of folks are like, well, this is going to be like the wild wild west. And I'm like, well, damn, motherfucker, welcome to Arizona. Yeah. Because everybody carries and can carry. You don't need uh, the minute you buy a gun, you're you're allowed to carry. <laughs> yeah. So. I don't know what's going to happen with that, but I'll just give you a little story that I also read this week. New York City, because there's been a lot of crime, because it's a couple things. I think people with um, mental, people who are mentally challenged, there's more of them out and about, and there's less that's people the out, right? Yeah, that's so it's problem. a mix of those. So there's been a lot of things where like people getting put on the subway, people getting pushed on the subway. Random people getting punched. You know, some of them have been hate crimes where they've been Asian people because of the COVID stuff. But Car accidents that escalate. Yeah, people driving into the fucking, you know, people on uh, uh, in front of, like, eating outside. But mm. New York has implemented recently some stricter, I, I don't want to call it neighborhood watch because they're actually cops, but, like, that kind of thing. Like, more sure. cops, more cops on patrol, the way they do the patrols. And the first day of it, one of those cops got beat up. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So the mayor's like, uh, we need to revisit this plan because it's clearly not working because the guys who are out, the men and women who are out to protect people have gotten jumped as well. <laughs> so, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. I just, I still have mixed feelings about if you put a gun in everyone's hands, does that make everyone safer, right? And then, you know, there's the opposite of that, which is what if we, we restrict, you know, who can, who can get guns legally in this country. And I, I think clearly the, the common thought is that if you restrict guns, then only 
non-law-abiding citizens are going to have them, right? right? You're basically, you're taking them away from law-abiding as citizens and then you're putting them in the hands of, you know, people who can get them illegally. So, so that's, that's obviously far on one end. Far on the other end as well, if everybody has one, is anyone really going to be brave enough to pull out a gun and use it because, you know, the risk of getting shot is that, is that much greater. Um, believe it or not, that somewhat works, at least from what I've seen in the state of Arizona. So, because pretty much anyone can carry and pretty much everyone does. And it's usually open carry. Like you can see people walking around with guns. Have you ever had a road rage incident where you were on the road? Like where, not, where something happened and you just kind of lose your mind for like a minute? Um, not to me, but... Um, some guy, I was following behind some guy on a, on a, on a small street, speed limit was about 35. I was doing about 30 until I came up upon this guy who was doing like 10. All right. And then he went to make a turn, didn't put on a turn signal and went to turn into a parking lot. And I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? I had no idea he was going to turn. So I laid into the horn, um, and looked at him as I, you know, as he was turning, motherfucker stopped his car got out and started running after my car and i'm like are you fucking kidding me this dude is nuts yeah so i just kept going but I, the whole time i'm looking in my rear view mirror laughing my ass off like why get out of the car why not just chase me in yeah, your car he's also stupid because he gave up his best uh his best weapon right <laughs> so but no like i've look at and the funny thing is you've known me for so long and like I, when I tell people this, they're always a little bit shocked because, you know, I look, I do run my mouth. I do get in trouble. I do say things I shouldn't. I'm like, I'm actually calmer now than I was 20 years ago, right? <laughs> like I've actually gotten better, yeah, but there's been time over my life where, and I had a gun, but I never had it in the car. Like, um, you know, only if I was going to the driving, um, driving range, shooting range, things like that, mm -hmm. the old days. But like there's been times in my car where I've thrown like quarters at somebody else when something has happened or like my drink. Oh, Jesus. Like I would have <laughs> shot out the person's fucking tires. Like I'm not saying I would have tried to kill the person, but I probably would have yeah. shot out their tires. So it's better that I wasn't allowed to carry a gun in those days. Like, so we'll see. Yeah. I did actually witness road rage in the form of a brake check a couple of months ago. I was driving on the road and some guy was going too slow and another guy pulled up behind him and didn't want to go around him, just wanted him to move. And the guy didn't move, so he basically just kind of creeped up on his ass going about 40 miles an hour. Well, the guy in front slams on the brakes, <laughs> and the guy behind him absolutely wrecks him from behind. And I'm like, holy shit. He brake checked him, and it did not turn out the way he had anticipated. Yeah. See, my new car, I wouldn't hit the guy anyway. It stops itself, so that wouldn't be a problem. I remember uh, one of my college professors said once, um, and I, th I think Yanni was in my class, he said once he was telling a story and he and it was something like that a little bit of a road rage situation happened and he was an older guy he said he fucking pulled up next to the person said like basically roll down your window the person rolled down your window he said i guarantee you my insurance is better than yours i'm going to drive my car into yours if you don't stop <laughs> so the, the <laughs> other person was like oh shit right like that's when like you know, they always say real knows real, crazy knows crazy as well, right? <laughs> so the guy was like, oh shit, this guy's fucking nuts. So he just like left him alone and got as far away from that as he could. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Don't you have to pack? Uh, we packed already. We, we did that. Oh, okay. So, and for those who, obviously you can't see it, but I can, David is actually recording literally in a closet <laughs> <laughs> uh, because of his new place doesn't have the proper soundproofing. 
Um, look, I don't have soundproofing either, but David's studio at his house has like ridiculous soundproofing, right? It's it's crazy. So, well, it's he, just I'm not on my normal mic. I'm not on like I don't have any of the comforts that I have in my house in in Phoenix. So uh, I don't want to spend six hours editing this podcast. <laughs> so I'm trying to uh, alleviate some some time by uh, by at least speaking in a closet full of clothes that maybe will cancel out some of the echo. Gotcha. So. With that, David will be coming out of the closet very soon. <laughs> I'm <laughs> Michael Carter. <laughs> and I'm David Michael. And we are Ridiculously, Ridiculously Bored. Rest in peace, Frank. Yes, we miss you.